there's a part every time I've gone through this sermon that instead of saying Jess, I say Jesus. So I'll see if I do it as well. Her name's actually very close to Jesus, isn't it? It's just missing a U. <coughs> so guys, you have to bear with me a bit today. I'm recovering from a, a little souvenir I brought back from the UK, which is great. I haven't been sick for like two years and I go, go back to the UK and bring back a something I don't, it takes no luggage weight. Okay, I, I'm, uh, I'm very pleased just to be back with you guys. I've met Jess and I, we miss you. It's been a great two weeks back in the UK, um, visiting many, many different places we've actually been to, but what really makes Jess and I very happy is just to see how church just cracks on without us, because at the end of the day, church is more than um, Jess, Jess and I. Um, it's it's you guys and in some sense as well it's more than just us it's the people who aren't even here yet it's the thing it's going to grow into um, so yeah that's just really encouraging to see and I just want to thank all you different people who've served and actually made it made it happen so thank you guys so much Jess the kids and I we've been back particularly at this time because there's an annual conference it's destiny we call it destiny's annual conference it's their the main conference is called surge but they destiny spearheads it but it's for all the churches within a city um, and it tends to bounce between Glasgow and Edinburgh which are the two main or well, the largest destiny churches are in Glasgow and Edinburgh um, and they're the two core cities in Scotland and but it's other churches come in and it's a Saturday Sunday they cancel their Sundays and they, they all come in and it's about seeing a gospel surge forward in the city so even last year was in Edinburgh um, this year was in Glasgow next year surge 20 I don't did we have that slide up no, we don't. We will try and get it. We'll try and find it. We'll get it up next week or something. But um, Surge 20 is going to be in Edinburgh in the Usher Hall, which is a beautiful kind of, it's an old theatre. And so if anyone fancies a trip to Scotland next summer, you'd be most welcome. Maybe we sort something out for that. <clears throat> this year at Surge in Glasgow in the Armadillo, if you, you know that venue, it's quite big there on the, on, on the, Right, right in the centre of the city. Um, one of the main guest speakers this this year was a guy called Casey Treat, and he was over from Seattle, and he runs a church called Christian Faith Centre, or rather Christian Faith Church, there. And it's one of his messages um, that <clears throat> I want to kind of share the heart of today. Often, when we come back from Surge, we try and share a few of the few of the core things that we've taken away from Surge. And I think this particular message is poignant for us. Um, it'll speak to us. It, it, I think it resonates with, it will resonate with you guys because it's what we're pursuing as a church. It's what we're searching for with each other as church. And also I think it's a good reminder as church, as we grow and expand, and I know Pete was speaking about the certainty and the assurance of growing and expanding as church, but as we grow and expand, it can be really easy to get focused on the processes of church or the procedures of church and the, I don't like to call it it, but the performance, the doing of a, of a, of a meeting. And they're all great things, but it can be easy to focus on those things more than people, more than each other and so no matter how big we get we never want to lose those core values of being authentic with each other of treasuring relationship with each other and with God 
where we're putting first our vision as a church for family and <clears throat> our vision for family. Can you guys hear me at the back, by the way? Yeah. Anyone on the podcast, it's only literally like three meters away, but <laughs> my voice is very quiet today. So the big idea for today is this, as a title for today, is relationship is key. Building strong relationships is key. Relationship is key for everything. That we need to build strong relationship with God and with people to build strong in our lives, to build stronger in our lives. That is building stronger in every single thing, every single area and aspect of our lives. We were never called to be a people who were outside of relationship, who were outside of relationship with God and with people. We were never called to be lone rangers. We were never called to be lone wolves. I think more often than not, those people who, were, who achieved great things all by themselves, without, without others particularly, without God, <clears throat> But they find that when they get there, when they reach the goal, this dream that they've always been seeking for and they've pursued it and they've got it and they've done it all by themselves, that when they get there, they're dissatisfied because they turn around and they're alone. There's no one to share it with. And there's an inherent thing, I don't think you need to be in the church for people to tell you that, that, we, that humanity wants to be on a journey together. It's how we're built. That if we got to that destination, we'd feel there's something missing. As people get older, one of the things I often hear voiced as one of the greatest regrets is that they didn't spend long enough with the people that they loved. They wish they had spent more time with the ones that they loved. That we, as a people, were called to be relational. It's deep within our identity, deep in our identity. It's deep within who we are and who we've been made to be that we're relational people. And sure, culture affects that in, in different ways and we relate in different ways, but we are made to be relational. <clears throat> but all of you guys have been in relationships and have relationships. When, today when I speak of relationships, because I, I think you know, that was a picture I grabbed before I lost some internet connection and I was gonna be on a flight for 13 hours. I think it's actually a bad picture because that looks like a couple. We're not speaking about relationships as couples today. We're speaking about our relationships together. Sure, that comes into it as part of it, but we're speaking about our relationships together. Relationships are messy. Relationships are messy. I remember, <clears throat> do you know George Verwa? He's the guy who started Operation Mobilization. He came to Destiny Edinburgh. This is years back when Jess and I lived there, and we were asked to host him and kind of drive him around between the campuses. And whilst doing that, we stopped, we had lunch with him. We had this great chat, and one of the things that always stood out was um, he, he's sharing this word. He says he never speaks about missiology, the like, study of mis mission. He, said, he spoke about, he calls it messiology because mission is about people and relationships. And when you're involving people and relationships, it's a complete mess. People are messy. Relationships are messy. But God breaks through. It's how we've been wired to work. It's how he has ordained it for us to flourish together. 
relationships, I think this is an amazing thought, relationships take us to the next level. <clears throat> there are places that you need to get to that you cannot get to alone. There are people who need you to help them break through to the next level. They're not going to get there without you. They can't get there without your involvement or the particular thing that you bring to the relationship. Maybe <coughs> it's an encouragement to them. <clears throat> Maybe it's a prophetic word that breaks through and it fires up that faith for them to step out. Maybe it's resource. Maybe you can resource someone to step out into the thing that the only thing stopping them in that moment is they don't have the resources. Maybe it's recognizing something within somebody, something about them that they can't see in themselves and you call that destiny out of them. You call that identity out of them. Two weeks back, Jamie, <clears throat> she shared this picture. So you guys who were here will know. She shared this picture about church as a jigsaw puzzle that you guys all have a part to play. What an awesome picture. What a right word. What a true word. It's so true that you, you, every single one of you is significant. Every single one of you is significant. I've said before, you are Destiny Church Hong Kong. Together, together, and our relationships together, we make up Destiny Church Hong Kong. It's all about relationship. You are called to be relational, and you may not have thought through, okay, what? yeah, I love relationship. I, I'm, I, feel, I feel always drawn to people, it's natural. You're called to be relational because you were made in the image of a relational God who had relationship with himself before anything was ever made. It's not just a good idea to be in relationship. It's how you were wired. It's how you were wired to flourish. <clears throat> so man was created in the image of God to be in relationship with him that we wouldn't be alone. We weren't created and God just said, off by yourself, that we would be in relationship with him. That, that decision after the fall of man to rend the heavens, that Jesus would come down to earth, that God the Son would come and save us, would bring us back into relationship with God. Even that decision came out of God's relationship with himself. It was an act of love for the purpose of restoring relationship. Relationship flows through the whole story of our existence. I love that picture of the tabernacle. And some of you guys will know, I shared this a while back. The picture of the tabernacle where Moses is told, you know, build this tent, but before you make the tent, you have to make three pieces of furniture. And they're commissioned before the tabernacle, and the tabernacle is the world. <clears throat> And these four, three pieces of furniture are the ark, the ark of the covenant, the bread, sorry, the table of the bread of the presence, and then also the lampstand. Those three pieces of furniture represent the Trinity, the throne, throne of God, the ark, the, the bread of the presence, the presence, Jesus with us, the bread of life, and then the, the lampstand, the Holy Spirit, the eternal flame, the fire and power of God. The, <clears throat> 
those three pieces of furniture then put into the tabernacle, are put into creation, put into existence, and added to that, there's a piece of furniture added. How could anything be added to the Trinity? How could anything be added to, to that, that, that perfection in that place, that triune relationship, to stand and be in the midst of that? And you get this beautiful picture where there is this piece of furniture, the altar of incense, and the altar of incense, as incense is always described in the Bible as the prayers of the saints. <clears throat> it's us, it's the church coming into the very presence of a holy God for communion, for relationship with him, that we would be drawn into and brought into that awesome relationship with God himself. It's all about relationship, that you would be able to call yourself a child of God, not just a follower of some religion, a statistic, but a child of God, a son and daughter of God. They're all relational words. An heir, one who inherits, a co-heir with Christ, that you would hear his voice, that you would be intimate with him. See, relationship is key. Everything that we, everything that we believe, everything that we read in the Bible, it's all about relationship. In Genesis, there are, there are those famous words, <clears throat> it is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. It's how God's made us in community. We need each other. You're not going to get to where God wants you to get to alone. Even if you think about these guys who are so capable, like Paul, an incredible guy. <coughs> he doesn't get there alone, does he? He's got a team around him. He's got all these people working with him. There's a quote by Casey Treat from, from, this, from this message, and I think it, it's poignant. It says, you can't have future legacy or destiny without relationship. You can't have future legacy or destiny without relationship and that's amazing because it's part of it speaks about our relationship with each other and with God to do with where we're going but then also it gives us purpose because it's like what's the point in even getting there when there's nothing and no one no relationships to leave behind it's all about relationship but relationships are hard and if you've done hard stuff you'll know that the easy stuff really usually isn't worth having. The hard stuff, that's worth having. The hard stuff's worth it. <clears throat> we so often want it easy, but there are a few things that are really, really easy that are worth having. Our salvation, you know, that's something that is easy for us because it's a gift given to us. But actually, we know it was the hardest thing. That Jesus in the garden, where he says, Father, this cup could pass from me. It wasn't easy for Jesus. It wasn't just, oh yeah, I'll just go get crucified. It was hard. It was challenging. But he did it because he loved us, because of relationship, so that we and he could be in relationship, so that he would be able to bring us back into relationship with the Father. Jesus went to extraordinary lengths to bring us to himself. 
He wants to know you. Not just to have, hey, I've got another person in Christianity. Woo, what for me? You know, he wants to know you deep and intimately. Think of the guys who were his disciples. Great lesson in relationship and just and, and, and working with people and pers- persevering with people. They must have been a nightmare to do ministry with. First, they had no idea who he was to start with. They were just following him. But in these guys, he saw the hope of the world, the seeds of the church, these uneducated guys. He could have gone and picked some incredibly educated guys who'd been trained and and had it all together. But he picks these uneducated guys, arguing, having this flaming row. Remember the time with James and John, having that flaming row about who's going to sit next to Jesus in heaven. Peter, the guy that Jesus is going to leave the church to. The guy who Jesus uh, is going to make in there as head of the church and is going to, is leading this, this band of disciples just before Jesus is taken to be crucified, cuts a guy's ear off. He cuts a guy's ear off. These crazy guys who on the face of it maybe couldn't do anything and we know actually after Christ that they fear after Christ crucified they feel dejected they feel completely completely they pretty much run away and yet because of their relationship with Jesus because they were filled with the Holy Spirit they went on to completely change the world and it could be that today that you're sat here and you feel completely incapable you may feel unable today. You may not feel good enough or educated enough, educated enough. But if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you've received the Holy Spirit inside you and he's walking with you and empowering you, and you follow him, what a future and destiny you have ahead of you. What God can do with a life totally put in his hands. Relationship It's about love. Relationship is about love. For God so loved the world, this broken, messed up world, that he sends his son, that through him we wouldn't perish, but would have eternal life, that we would have relationship with God, that that would be completely restored. And in that, God models for us this path for our lives of love and relationship. You can't have a good relationship with people if you don't love them. You can't say, I hate that guy, I've got an amazing relationship with him. (coughs) It doesn't work. You love people and you have great relationships with them. When When Jesus is asked, what is the most important command? What's the most important commandment in the law? He replies in Matthew 22, 37. And he says, (coughs) Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. These words are words of relationship. They're words of love. But because they're words of love, they're words of relationship. Building strong relationship with God and man is a significant part of living out that chief commandment. My life 
is defined by my relationships. It's completely defined by, by my relationships. Most important relationship I have is between me and Father God, between me and God, but also my family, my wife, my kids, each and every single one of you guys, each of you is precious to me. I value my relationships more than my bank balance. My future, I know, is going to be defined by my relationships because where I am now has been defined by the relationships I've had in the past. Your future is defined by your relationships. So if you go through life constantly getting angry with people and pushing people away and falling out with people, or rather falling out with people and not making up with them, what's the future going to look like? Proverbs 18.1 says, an unfriendly person isolates himself and seems to care only about his own issues for his contempt of sound judgment makes him a recluse. Proverbs 27.17, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The best, most forward-moving moments in my life have all come as a result of the relationships I've had. The person I am today has been affected by the sharpening of the various people that I've had in my life over the decades that have gone before. Relationships are key to your future. It's not easy, but it is the way that you were created to be relational. And also flip that around again. You are the key to someone else's future. You, who are you going to sharpen? Who are you going to encourage? Who are you going to call into their destiny? Who are you going to get around and lift up? See, there's something beautiful in that for us to remember. And there's a glimpse of what church is in that because it isn't about us as in individuals. It's never about us using people to climb some ladder or get ahead or benefit ourselves in some ways. Because using people isn't relationship. Using people isn't relationship. It's manipulative, it's abusive. You are the key to other people's future. <clears throat> Relationships are messy and hard, like we said, but they are so so worth it. I've got a car. What an amazing blessing. But I don't have a deep relationship with the car. It's not like Knight Rider or Transformer, you know, which would be really cool. It's clean, mostly. It's the, the most amazing thing for me is it does what I tell it, which is a novelty for me these days. It stays where I leave it. When I, turn the, when I give it a command to go left and I turn the wheel, it goes left. When I give it a command to go right, it goes right. When I press the brake, it stops. I don't feel a great relational attachment to this car. You know? The car will not receive anything in my will. Okay? That would be weird. You know, when you hear things about people like leaving stuff to a hamster or something like that, it's just like, oh, that's kind of, that's a bit odd. But I do have kids. And they mess everything up, you know. <laughs> my clothes, 
why bother? You know, even the shirt, it's been washed and I think I found some dry vomit on it. You know? <laughs> Food, vomit, just all this kind of stuff. I've begun to think of three sentences as a luxury, you know, getting three sentences out of my mouth. That's why I go on for so long on a Sunday, guys. I'm just trying to like get out my excess words. I stumble over the fourth sentence, usually in surprise I've got that far. But kids are amazing, aren't they? God has sent them specifically to mess up Jess and I's life. But we love them. We love them. We love them so much. They are amazing. So amazing. The most challenging relationships I probably will ever have. But so amazing. They're the most incredible little people. Such a blessing. And we'd do anything for them and we'll leave them everything. But it's messy and it's so hard. But we wouldn't want it any other way. But it's so worth it. Relationships are worth it. The devil doesn't waste his time. He attacks relationships. You're not stupid. He knows what's going to impact us the most. He knows what's going to neutralize us the longest and take us out in the biggest way. And he targets those areas. And I don't know if you noticed, but have you noticed how often he tries to destroy our relationships with God, with people? Because if he does, he then wins a victory, which sometimes can be hard to fix and ratify. Because it's not just you changing your mind. There needs to be a mind change in someone else as well. I think it's no surprise that some of the biggest issues that we face on the planet are centered around and are caused by a breakdown in relationship, a breakdown in loving someone else. From divorce to war. Most people leaving church, bunch of people who are unchurched. When I moved here, I did a survey. The number of people who said, I used to go to church, but I don't go to church anymore. I used to go to church, but I don't. Some type, for some of them, it's just too busy. Many of them hurt by church, being offended. <clears throat> Sometimes it's the devil. Sometimes it's just people in our fallenness, agreeing with him, coming into agreement, into alignment with something which isn't of God. And they're running with that ball, running with it, running with unforgiveness, running with envy or bitterness or anger. And I, so I just want to encourage you guys, don't let the enemy separate you from God or from people. Steal something. Steal something. As just as it feels to be angry, it steals something. And it's not just you who gets affected, because relationships by their very nature have more than one person involved. Okay? More, and so it, it can pull apart many other people's lives affect other people so fight for each other fight for each other that's why one of our core values as a church is relationship treasuring and that isn't something we decided oh, that's where we want to go to that's something we just noticed that actually it's a value that we saw within the church that we re treasured relationship and as we've gone through, God's just spoken to me. That is such an important thing, that we are treasurers of relationship. And that's easy 
when there's no challenge. That's easy when it smiles and everyone's happy. The hard part is to treasure relationship when your pride's been hit or you've been hurt in some way. If you're in a challenging place, a challenging relational situation, I want to encourage you, refuse to walk away. Even if you're the one who's been offended, even if that's you, fight for the relationship. If I ever upset you, and I hope I don't, but if I ever do upset you, please, please, don't just leave the church. Please don't just be like, well, he upset me. He said this or whatever, or I think this is what he meant, so, and that really upset me, so I'm going. If I ever upset you, please just come and speak to me. Come and tell me. Let's work it out together. If it is something genuine that, that, that's there, I, I'm so, so sorry, you know? Sometimes, and I found that I found this, actually the thing, <coughs> the things that, sometimes I've been upset with things, I've gone to people, shared it, they said, sir, you completely misunderstood what I meant. I could have wrecked my life. Could have wrecked my life over a lie. Often in church, when relational stuff happens, we can either blame church or blame God. You guys may have said it, you guys may have heard it. I've heard folk kind of demoralized with church say, I don't believe in organized religion. I don't believe in organized religion. They kind of walk away from, walk away from church. What does it mean? Sometimes there can be just a massive hurt a massive hurt and there's no one chasing and it's a, re it's a, it's a hard place. So I, com I completely get that. Sometimes, <coughs> sometimes it means I want to be spiritual without being sacrificial. I want to take in the God stuff without pouring my life out at the same time, not committing to others. If, for those of you guys who have done according to the pattern, you'll know in, in that part where we speak about what church is, that it isn't a place that you come and get, although that is something that happens at church, that church is a covenant community where you come and you refuse to give up on each other and you pour your lives out for each other. So the community of God can be challenging, but it's beautiful. In John 4, 20 and 21 says this, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Forever does not love their brother and sister whom they've seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. You guys love each other really well. You guys are so ready to serve each other inside church and outside church. And I love that. You wouldn't believe what a blessing that is to me. <coughs> Some ways, you know, Pastorally, it would have messed up if everyone's coming to church being like, actually, I don't want to serve. I don't want to be honest with you. I don't want to get involved with anybody at church. I don't really like people at church. That would be an issue, wouldn't it? That would be a real big issue. As humanity, we've struggled with relationship right from the beginning. It isn't a recent thing that's just kicked off. Genesis 4, 6 to 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? 
If you do what is right, will you not accept? Will will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. <coughs> now Cain said to his brother Abel, "Let's go out to the field." While they were at the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, "Where is your brother Abel?" We didn't make it a four people on the planet before we were killing each other. It's, some, it's an issue we've got, deeply ingrained. Pride, jealousy, envy, hate. They never, ever lead to life. They never lead to life, always to death. Don't walk that road, as just as it may feel. Don't walk that road because it leads to death. I love the verse. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. It's pretty terrifying. Think of it like a wild animal poised to pounce. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. <coughs> we have all faced moments like this. We have definitely all faced moments like this, where there's that, period, that moment where you're tempted to do something and it's like sin is waiting for you just to turn the latch of that door just a little and then bang, it will rush in and produce death in your life. Some of you guys may have experienced standing firm in that and staying strong. Some of you may have experienced opening the door to it and having your life impacted and experiencing the consequences of sin in your life. No sin as just or right or sometimes delightful as it may feel ever leads to life or peace or joy. Never does. Never ever does. It's an easy rule. If it's a sin, it's the road to death. Despite our fallenness, though, amazingly, God keeps going with us. He keeps going with us, keeps gracious with us, keeps forgiving us. He never gives up on us. He's made a way for us. He forgives and he forgives and he forgives. And therefore, we should never give up on each other. Never give up on each other. Failure is human, but forgiveness is divine. Failure is human, forgiveness is divine. We're the church, aren't we? We are that community, this, commu this divine community, a community of forgiveness. That's how Jesus taught us to pray. Matthew 6, 12 and 13. Forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins, as we also have forgiven our debtors, as we've also forgiven those who have sinned against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Guys, we need to be gracious towards others and be ready to forgive. We need to be gracious towards others and be ready to forgive. We want awesome relationships. Whether we're talking about marriage relationships or deep friend relationships, we want awesome relationships. But you know, the best relationships are gonna need a lot of forgiveness because they take time and over time we stumble we mess up and we hope that doesn't happen we hope that doesn't happen but remember that that the best relationships need a lot of forgiveness like marriage secret to a long marriage keep forgiving keep forgiving keep forgiving 
Relationships aren't easy, but the Lord taught us to be quick to forgive. So we need forgiveness, but we also need to be forgivers. We need a lot of grace. I know I need a lot of grace. Right? Need a lot of grace. But at the same time, we need to give a lot of grace. Pour grace out of your life. And we need to live like that because of the love we have for each other, because of the love we have for God. If we love God, how do we show that practically? I just want to run into to this, just some things you can think through. How do we love God practically? And this is part of relationship as well. John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commands. This is Jesus saying that. If you love me, keep my commands. Psalm 119, 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We live lives keeping his commands, not to earn salvation or earn any kind of blessing because we know all of that comes by grace, doesn't it? It comes by grace. We don't have to be good enough. So God's like, okay, you've been good enough. There's some blessing. There's my favor. It's all by grace. But it also doesn't mean, okay, well, because, because that's all a gift that we just live in sin and it's called licentiousness. We just license everything. Yeah, you can do whatever you like. You can do whatever you like now. No. We also don't do that. We live by them. We live by his commands because we love him. Where do we discover the commands? In his word. Do you love his word? Do you treasure his word? We keep his word in our hearts. Dwell in scripture. Jesus died for sin, didn't he? He died for sin, that we should treasure his word in our hearts. So like the psalmist writes, that we would not sin, that we wouldn't sin, not to earn anything, but because of love, because of joy, because of rejoicing. It's a little like, <clears throat> When you think of his word, it's a little like loving an author. You know, sometimes people don't know every word off by heart that an author's written. But they love, or maybe they don't even know all the titles that he's written. They know some of the stories, they don't know which titles they go to. But when they go look for a book, they look for this author because they love his work. Do we love his word? Do we love his word? Do we love it? We can know so much, so many Christian books, and there's so many resources, and it's great. But do we remember Scripture? Do we live the Word? Do we run from sin? Not for our salvation, but for love for the one who paid for your sin. If we love God, we live His Word. If we love God, we live His Word. So how do we relate to those we love? How do we relate to the people we love? We talk to those we love, don't we? We talk to people we love. When Jess and I were dating, years and years ago, when Jess and I were dating, um, she was in China, I was in Edinburgh, and we made a decision, we were gonna speak every day at a set time, but this is before the days of WhatsApp and things like that. So I had to go to a, a little phone shop um, phone sh it's like a telephone shop, so fixed lines. You went in there, bought an international call card, and I'd sat, sit down, dial the number, and call Jess. 
every day for an entire year. That's how it would be. So important, and our relationship would speak and our relationship flourished. We need to be people of prayer, people dwelling in his presence, talking to God. It's hard to have a rich relationship with someone who you don't speak to. Really hard. Some people talk a lot. Some people talk a little. There's no set way in how we speak to God or how much time we speak to God for. But we do need to speak to the one that we love. And also, we listen to those we love, don't we? We listen to those we love. Husbands, you know, if your wife has a problem, and I've learned this the hard way, poor Jess, or Jess has had to teach me the hard way, like, there's no need to speak, no need to have the problem fixed there and then. That's what guys often like to do, fix the problem. Just listen, just listen. So important that we listen to the ones we love. That in our prayer time, it can be so often these shotgun prayers where like kick the door down and shopping list Jesus like and then bye bye and jump out the window and he's not even had a chance to say anything to us. Give time so he can speak to you. We tell people about the things and the people we love, don't we? We love God. And so we should love telling people about the things he's done in our life. And that's changed season to season. <clears throat> this time back in the UK, it's been really cool because God's, we've just come through a season of great blessing. It's been an incredible season of blessing for Jess and I. It's been awesome. And so sitting there with family who are non-Christians and being able to share, share, to be honest with you, God's done incredible stuff. We call it blessing. And God's just, just poured his favor onto us and being able to just tell them just the amazing things that God has done. Tell people about God. And lastly, we worship and praise, don't we? We worship and praise that which we love. We worship and praise that which we love. Oh, kids, that's an amazing drawing. Oh, that was so good. That was so amazing. Jess, what is it? You know? Eliana makes up little games and it's like, that's such a great game. That's fantastic. Well done. We praise them because we love her. We praise the kids because we love them. If you guys are sports fans, whatever it is, I'll use football as an example. If you've ever been to a football game, soccer for anyone who needs that, um, you've got a stadium of thousands of people stood there watching 22 men sweating, running around, kicking an inflated ball for 90 minutes. And the people don't stop screaming for the whole time. It's just, yeah, unless it's a terrible team and then no one does it. But usually at the big match, everyone's screaming and shouting and cheering. We have something way more exciting to cheer about, way more exciting to praise, way more exciting to shout about. Be praisers and worshippers of God in our many different ways. Worshippers and praisers are the one we love. And that happens when the reality of God is right there in front of us and we see him. That's why when Sally's worship, it's so, it's so special because it's almost like the veil gets pulled back and we see God all the clearer, right? When we come into worship, we see God all the clearer and it's just, wow, 
God, you're amazing. Get in that place through your week. Meditate on just the deep reality of God. And when you see that, you can't help but praise because he is just so awesome. But in the midst of all the stuff that can fog up our vision. Just to end now and come into land, I guess a little bit of a warning, a challenge for us. The church in Ephesus had the Apostle Paul come to it, didn't it? And Paul was there for three years. And from that church, the whole of Asia was reached. An incredible church, an amazing church, one of the great churches of, of antiquity. But in Revelation, Ephesus is written about, and it says this, speaking to the church it says in revelation 2 4 to 5 it says yet i hold this against you you have forsaken the love you had at first some translations say you've forsaken your first love consider how far you have fallen repent and do the thing you did at first if you do not repent i will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place (coughs) they'd lost their first love they'd taken their eyes of Jesus they'd lost this pursuit of the proximity with God the pursuit the pursuit of love which means to some respect they'd lost relationship and that would have flowed into so many other areas so many other areas within the church and I think verse 5 is very chilling, very chilling. Consider how far you have fallen. Consider how far you have fallen. This area of relationship, of loving each other and loving God is deeply significant for the future of Destiny Church Hong Kong. It's deeply significant for your futures individually. If it can happen at Ephesus, it can happen anywhere. And that's why it's so important that we pursue relationship with God, that we pursue his presence. That's core to our heart, isn't it? Pursuing his presence. And that we pursue relationship together. That we refuse to give up on each other. That we value relationship. That we treasure relationship. Pursuit of relationship is godly because God first pursued us to bring us back into relationship out of love for us it's hard and it's messy but it's what you were made for it's what you were made for it's the place of blessing of satisfaction of peace and joy Sarah can I invite you to come back up (coughs) guys we're just going to go into a little bit of response time now Maybe, maybe you're here today and you know that you need to sort things out with someone else, relationally. If that's you, whether you have been offended or you know that you upset someone else, please, please go and make peace. Please go and make peace. Restore relationship. Sometimes that can be scary, but so worth it. Treasure them more than your grievance. As I was prepping, I felt there are people listening to the podcast who'd 
walked away from church because of um, relational issues. And I, I don't want to downplay the hurt that you've maybe felt. But I just really believe today that God is just calling you today to go back, make restoration, come back into the community of faith. If you're here today or, or you're listening to the podcast and you know that you don't have relationship with God, I want to invite you to make a decision today to come to him. That Jesus paid for your sin on the cross so that you could be in relationship with God Almighty. This may be the only opportunity you ever get. <coughs> I hope you have others. I hope you have others. But this is a very important decision. If it's you, I just want to invite you just to pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin upon the cross. Forgive me today. I make you Lord of my life today. And choose to follow you from this day forward. Amen. Guys, just keep your eyes closed in here. Um, if you're on the podcast uh, and you've prayed that prayer, please send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. If, uh, if you're here today, though, and you prayed that prayer to come back to Jesus, then please just slip your hand in the air, just as ever, everyone's eyes are closed. Guys, we're going to have a response time now. If anyone would, we'll come around and just pray. But if anyone would specifically like prayer for anything, just put your hands in your in your lap, your hands open in your lap with the with your palms facing upward. I'm just going to pray to end. Then we're going to we're going to come around and pray for you, Father God, Lord. I thank you for for that word, God, Lord, and I just pray that you work inside each and every single one of our hearts, God, just to make us, Lord, that we would treasure relationship as much as you treasured yours with us, God. Lord, I thank you that you're King of Kings and Lord of Lords, God. Lord, I pray for Destiny Church Hong Kong, God, just for that relational health in and through it. I pray for marriages in this place, God, and I pray for relation, for friendship relationships in this place, God, and I just declare strength and protection over them. In your great, beautiful, and awesome name, amen. <laughs>